Hello, I'm Michel Gagné, and you are listening to the Real-Time Visual Effects Podcast, where wizards reside. You have a gift. You have a passion for creation. There's something inside you that wants to express itself, and that something has led you to explore the world of visual effects, a place where magic happens, and the only limitation is your imagination. All the greatest artists in the world started somewhere, learning and growing into the people they are today. You being here is the first step to building your legacy as an artist. Learn from the best and brightest in the real-time visual effects community. Sharpen your skills and be your best self. Here is your host, Travis McCallum. Hi everyone. Today is a difficult episode, but an important one I think many of us need to hear. We're living in an extraordinary time, one where the entire world has been put on lockdown to prevent the spread of a deadly virus. All of us are in this together, whether we want to be a part of it or not. How we deal with the situation is up to us. Right now, I've been sitting in the same apartment, isolated from the outside for just four weeks. Each day, I worry about my loved ones. Each day, I call my family to check everyone is safe. We are living in a perpetual crisis, one with no definitive expiration date. Fear and anxiety will paralyze you if you are not prepared. A crisis that forces you to stop, just stop, can be a meaningful moment to learn and prepare for your next stage. Crises can be scary but they can also be regenerative. Here's the good news. Creative people like VFX artists have the best skills to survive a crisis. Think about it for a minute. Who can best navigate uncertainty? Who can best meet unexpected challenges? Who can experiment with plan A and then pivot into plan B, plan C, and so on? Who can visualize possible futures? You. Artists like yourself have skills to overcome crisis. And if this is your first time living through a tough time, it can be a very scary new game with new rules. All you have to do is learn what those rules are and grow through experience points. For those lucky enough to have jobs, now is the time to set aside money and save. We're moving into a recession, and there may come a time where all of us may stop receiving work. No projects, no gigs, no clients to service. This means cutting non-essential subscriptions. I get my clothes through Stitch Fix, a great company for making me look stylish. Now I put that luxury expense on hold. A good rule of thumb is the 50-30-20 budget, which is made up in three categories. The first, obligations. How much you have to spend, which I typically set aside 50%. The second is discretionary. That's any time you have to pay for a thing out in the world, and typically that's 30%. And finally, savings. The money that you don't spend each month, which is building up your financial security, which is the last 20% of your income. Now is not the time to be pointing fingers and playing the blame game. Have faith in humanity that we're capable of good. For those employed, be nice to your coworkers. You never know when an act of kindness might lead to something bigger down the road. And for those of us that are unfortunate to be out of a job, be nice to your family your online network and potential employers. It's easy to lash out to the world and become jaded with the harsh reality of financial loss. We all want to be independent and self-reliant, but it's a fact that no matter how much we wish we could be self-sufficient, we are all interconnected with the world around us. Most importantly for everyone, 
Be nice to yourself. In the beginning, it's okay to get angry and to get sad. Give yourself permission to feel your emotions and express them to their fullest. But remember, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up with what's been done. Misery begets misery and your life is way more valuable to simply throw in the towel and give up. When life is in full swing, we become so busy with a million thoughts racing across our mind that we don't have time to sit down and process the activities that fill up our daily schedules. Now, the crisis has forced us to limit our exposure to the outside world, and time has slowed down. It's an excellent opportunity to practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is the practice of being conscious and aware of things. It's the ultimate exercise in living in the present by accepting your feelings, your thoughts, and your bodily sensations. One form of mindfulness most often used is meditation. I like practicing mindfulness because it lets me audit my path in life and realign my goals to pursue the things most important to me. You know, the opposite of depression is purpose. And Helen Keller, the author of Don't Keep Your Day Job, puts it really nicely. Let's reframe our perspectives, our work, and our lives. Let's move from being mindful to transforming our way of viewing and interacting with the world. When you clarify your frame of reference, whether that be your preference, your bias, your way of learning, your history, and your culture, you gain incredible power. As a starting point, let's begin with reframing in three areas. How do you interpret the world? This is your narrative frame. How do you interact with other people? That's your engagement frame. And how do you visualize your future? This is a what if frame. I'll give you an example. Last October, I went to Disney World for the first time. Being an amusement park of sorts, naturally I wanted to ride as many of the attractions as I could. There was this one that stood out to me. It was called It's a Small World, a ride where I sat in a cart that drove me through a series of rooms filled with animatronic dolls singing a song on repeat over the course of 15 minutes. Prior to this ride, I had always thought of Disney as this kids-only entertainment brand. But sitting there, allowing myself to be mindful of my surroundings, I reframed my perspective on what it meant to be part of something bigger than yourself. For me, It's a Small World represented diversity and inclusion. It helped me to embrace teamwork across language and geographical location. It inspired me with the magic of imagineering creativity. The message Walt created in the 1960s has transformed the lives of millions, inspiring adoption for a globally connected world. If you've been to a Disney park, has there ever been a ride that's changed your perspective on your own life? There seems to be a common trend when crisis hits. It starts with widespread pessimism and survival, but always ends with optimism and opportunity. Smart people take advantage of this by incubating an idea and launching it when the time is right. Take Steve Jobs and the Apple iPod, which was launched in October 2001, right after an eight-month recession came to an end. Getting your own iPad idea, whether it be a new effect, takes some creative thinking. Here's creative practice, serious play. I love play. Learning by playing has its roots in the kindergarten, Montessori, and Waldorf's children's school movement of the 19th century Europe, but it was Homo Ludens, Humans the Players, by Johann Huizinga in 1938 that showed how important play is to generating culture. In play, you can change the rules of the game or even create a new game. Plus, you can change the playground, the play space where you play. Let's play a game called Matchup. It only takes two steps to win. Go ahead and take an effect and match it with the new technology. Take splashes as an example. 
Like all effects, the amount of choices you can make are many. But for this exercise, try creating some splashes in your bathroom shower. Turn on the shower and capture some photos with your smartphone or a camera. You might need an extra light to capture the water impacting the surface. Now, take some of those photos in your photo editing program like Photoshop and practice digitally painting it to the best of your ability. Start with the shape, then add in values, touch it up with some color, and if you're feeling particularly adventurous, repeat the same exercise 12 to 16 more times and create a flickbook animation. Matching your traditional art skills with the digital landscape is a feat to be proud of and can be a lot of fun. Like I said earlier, there are even more ways to match new technologies to a photo you can take. What other ways can you think of? We still need to create our effects in this time of crisis. If you work for a studio, you have deadlines to meet, but you might not have the luxury to simply saunter over to your art director and bounce ideas off of. The paradigm shift for communication, collaboration, and connection has forced us to adapt. Even for freelancers and students who regularly met with their clients and teachers for direction are deprived of that human contact. Now we have to come up with a plan for how getting our VFX work done is gonna meet our goals with the same quality that's expected for us. Planning is a life skill that will take you far in your career. But for the sake of today, I just want to help you plan for that transition to the digital workspace. Here's some action items to help your plan. Establish a space where you can store all your data and retrieve it easily. The space is also a place where you can share and collaborate on files with other key stakeholders. Cloud technology makes this easy, and while there are many choices, my recommendation for those on a budget is the Google Drive. Have a written plan or a Bible document outlining the high-level strategic plan you have to reach your goals. This is more important than people think. Oftentimes, we try and keep everything in our head, and when it's written down as a point of reference, we can get back on track from distractions. You can certainly draft up a plan in a program like Microsoft Word, but I know many successful companies use Kanban boards like Trello and Notion. Adopt a communication channel that includes voice and video. Text conversations are valuable for reference, but they lack the emotional appeal that the human voice has. We also miss out on all those nonverbal cues like a smile or frown from other people. Tools like Zoom, Skype, and Discord are great options for communicating with your team. When you have a plan together, it's time to get a daily routine to get things done. If you're like me, without a routine, I get tired easily and end up binging Netflix or playing games all day. It's fine once in a while to splurge on leisure, but when it affects your ability to function productively, you need a solution to keep you motivated. Routines take a lot of self-discipline, so if you struggle in that category, enlist an accountability partner to help you. My day starts at 5 a.m. and my girlfriend helps me get out of bed when her alarm clock goes off and the lights go on. Your routine needs to be structured in a way that blocks off chunks of time to get things done. This includes the working hours, breaks in between, along with non-work activities like eating, sleeping, and relaxation activities. To better inspire activities to add to your work from home routine, try adding the following. Set aside time to dress like you would for work. That means getting out of your pajamas and putting on some shoes. Make your bed. If you make your bed every morning, 
you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you'll come home to a bed that's made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. Exercise first thing in the morning. There are few things more transformative than exercise. Exercising in the morning increases your blood flow, releases endorphins, and strengthens your body. It prepares you for the coming day and increases your overall energy levels and helps you remain in optimal health. Numerous studies have shown that exercise is a key in fighting depression and anxiety. A lot of the routines I've shared help power your mental and physical health. One last thing I want to encourage is healthy eating. Right now, many of us are eating from home and it's given us an opportunity to be selective on what groceries we put in our pantries. Some of the top options I can recommend to give you a boost in energy and motivation include oatmeal, low-fat breakfast sandwiches, smoothies, fruit, and yogurt parfaits. Think good carbs and fiber plus some protein. Those are the foods that are going to give you energy and satisfy your food cravings while setting the stage for good decisions all day. Earlier, I talked about using voice and video communication tools to connect with others for work. Those same tools can also be used to connect with your friends and family. Every Sunday in the afternoon, I get on a group call with all my siblings and cousins across the USA, and we talk about just about whatever. And it's a great opportunity to feel connected and share in the wins with each other. Recently, I found a group of friends on Discord that I play video games with regularly. Often, I'll sit in the voice channel while working, and if someone joins, they can just chat about whatever to break the monotony of the day. Now, a word of caution, if your work needs to focus, then sitting in a voice channel during work hours may not help and rather serve as a distraction. So be mindful of your decisions. The important thing here is that you find a way to get emotional support and human connection that's not purely work-related. I want to spend the last part of this episode talking to freelancers and small studios on the brink of bankruptcy and financial ruin. The economy is tanking quickly, and it's only a matter of time till the recession hits. Fortunately, in the USA, our government is trying to keep people operational by extending financial assistance. If this is you, then I want to encourage you to look into the federal aid programs being offered by the Small Business Administration. The Paycheck Protection Program is a forgivable loan intended to pay for eight weeks of your studio's payroll cost so you can keep your employees or hire back those that were laid off. There's also the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, which offers low-interest loans to cover most business expenses with a proportion that doesn't even need to be paid back. If you don't want to pull out a loan, there's the Employee Retention Credit, which is a refundable tax credit you can use to keep your employees on board. And if you're self-employed, there's an additional $600 weekly benefit provided by the federal government as part of the CARES Act. I'll include all of the details for these different programs in the show notes to help you navigate these murky waters. 
Thanks everyone for listening to this podcast episode. I know it's a bit different from the guest speakers we see discussing some of the more technical concepts in the real-time visual effects space, but I want this podcast to be more than just tech speak. It needs to be a platform for artists to embrace our human selves, both the good and the bad. It's a space for life hacks on improving and enriching our lives as individuals. So I hope one or two of these pieces of advice resonated with you. And if you can put it into practice today, I'd love to hear what things you agree or disagree with. Our next episode is going to be an interview with Anthony Davis, a technical artist at Electronic Arts. Anthony has been an instrumental supporter in the real-time visual effects community and a wonderful mentor for myself over the past couple years. I'm super excited to share his story. Until next time, rock on. 